I feel to preach, uh, so, so let me just catch everyone up if you haven't been here before. I preached two weeks ago a message on the theme of mission and how we are called to the mission of Christ, which is to see people one for the gospel. And then last week I spoke under the theme of momentum. So I've been working through three points, mission, meeting, and momentum. Last week we spoke about this thing of uh, momentum and we used the example of the Apostle Paul where he's confronted on the road to Damascus and we, we broke it into three points. I sound like a good Baptist minister now, but it was. Who remembers the three points? That is a, oh, oh, my mother-in-law Ronwin has to remember, okay. Okay, vision, commission, and application. Okay, you all remember that. Vision, commission, application. Paul has a vision of Christ, he's commissioned, and then he goes forward and he, he applies what Christ has asked him to do. Okay, so we've covered mission and momentum, which means tonight I want to cover the thing of meeting. Meetings. Are you all going, ah, oh, he's just going to preach from Hebrews 10.25, do not forsake the gathering of the saints. Surprise, I'm not. <laughs> There's no Spurgeon moment either. Okay, I know, I'm, I'm really mixing it up this week, I promise you. So we're going to talk about this thing of meetings, and uh, I hope tonight to actually challenge some of your thoughts around what it looks like to meet as a church, and what it looks like for us as we get together on a Sunday. So, let me start. Um, I think what, what prompted this sermon, and prompted me thinking about this thing, was... Um, you know, like anything, I think any meeting can be prone to becoming a little bit formal and maybe predictable. Now, that can happen with anything when you do it consistently over a matter of time. But the, the, the trap is that you fall into doing things the same way you've always done. We all know that saying. But we've always done it like this. Why should we change? Well, there's many reasons. And uh, I actually looked up a description of a formal meeting. Okay. Now, this is a description of a business meeting. But just listen to this and see if, it, uh, see if you pick up anything uh, recognizable. It says, in a formal meeting, time is usually broken into blocks with the schedule distributed in advance. For example, the main speaker might talk for 30 minutes, followed by small group breakout sessions, maybe ministry, with everyone reconvening to discuss the results, maybe com group. Okay, so that's a description of a formal meeting. And as, as, I, as I read that, I, I thought, well, it kind of sounds a little bit like what we do most Sundays, right? There's a bit of a structure and a pattern to what we do, okay? Would you all agree with that? In fact, maybe we've come to, we know what to expect because we know it's going to be worship for a while and then... Dylan's going to get up and preach for 25 minutes to half an hour, and then there's maybe be a bit of ministry time, and then we're usually out of here by 5.30, quarter to 6. Is that a fair assumption? Some weeks. Fair enough. And so this word formal, which is, you know, the word formal actually means one in accordance with convention, okay? And it comes from the Greek word former. And the Greek word, the Latin word former, so in the Latin word means uh, mold or shape. And it, it literally means that once you've got a mold, if you know what a mold is, you've got a mold and then once you put something into that mold, it comes out the same time, the same way every time. 
And uh, Sophie's got a thing called a cookie cutter. Do you know what that is? She loves to bake. All the bakers here know that. So you use it and you, you put it in the dough and then you cut cookies as you go. And then you make them exactly the same. So it's a mold, it's a shape, it's convention. And uh, we bought that from a shop in Amsterdam. Now, <laughs> let me tell you a little story about the shop in Amsterdam. Uh, Lois is from Germany slash the Netherlands, right? Okay. There's a shop called Diller and Camilla. Do you know that shop? Yeah, it's awesome. Like, it's literally, you walk into the shop and it's just like the soothing music. And like the women have got these like aprons on. They're like, how can I help you? And everything's just beautiful. Everywhere you look, there's beautiful cookbooks and aprons. And ours is, it wasn't really my vibe, but I was like, this is amazing. Like, this shop is incredible. But we get to Amsterdam and we get off the train and we're walking to our hotel. And I don't know if you've been to Amsterdam, but... One street to the next in Amsterdam can be very different. Anyway, we chose the wrong street. And so we've just come from a four-day conference where Jesus has been exalted and it's beautiful and like we're singing in our spirits of how good God is and the church is growing in the Netherlands. And then we turn a corner into a street and we are confronted with Amsterdam. And I'll spare you the details, but it's quite a confrontation. Anyway... Why am I telling you this? Because in the street of craziness and wildness, we found Adilla and Camilla. And we walked into the soothing music, and we found Sophie's cookie cutter, which she's now subsequently lost. Okay. <laughs> and so it's this term that we use for things that are uniform or pattern and then in mold. And I don't, I don't want you to miss me. I don't think that is necessarily a bad thing, okay? I, I don't think so. it's always a bad thing to have structure and a pattern to a meeting. I'm not coming here going, every meeting is going to look completely different. So please don't hear me saying that. But I do think that it can become a problem when every meeting looks the same and we are unwilling to change it and we stick to a formula because that's what works. If we come every week and announcements are 10 minutes and then worship is 20 minutes and the preach can't go over half an hour because if it goes over half an hour, well, I'm going to leave. Well, the sounds doing weird things. Does that make sense? So structure is good and the pattern is good. And I would say nine times out of 10, our meetings are quite structured. But let's not get caught in the trap of being unchangeable or unwilling to change. And follow what the Spirit is doing. Because I think the danger is that formality can squash spontaneity. And don't we want to be spontaneous when we come to church and where the Holy Spirit's doing something and we go, sorry God, 10 minutes is up, Mike has to preach. Well, I think we could quench or grieve the Holy Spirit if we were to do that. And now we come to our, our, our text, our passage of Scripture which is found in Acts 20, verse 7 to 15. Now, it's an interesting story, and you would have all heard it before, and we have, I've been preaching out of the book of Acts for the last three weeks, but it's the story of Eutychus, the young man who falls out of the window at the meeting where Paul is talking for a very long time. So let me read the passage of Scripture. It says, On the first day of the week, when we were gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them. I love that, when we were gathered together to break bread. This first-hand account by Luke. Intending to depart on the next day, and he proclaimed his speech until midnight. Benji, yeah, this is your hand. I know. 
There were many lamps in the upper room where we were gathered. And a young man named Eutychus, sitting at the window, sank into a deep sleep as Paul talked still longer. <laughs> and being overcome by sleep, he fell down from the third story and was taken up dead. But Paul went down and bent over him, and taking him in his arms, said, Do not be alarmed, for his life is in him. And we'd all go, well, that was, that was pretty hectic, right? We've been here since 12 o'clock. Now this guy's died. Paul's brought him back to life. Amen. What a great meeting. And when Paul had gone up and had broken bread and eaten, he conversed with them a while longer. <laughs> Until daybreak. So somewhere between 12 o'clock and daybreak, someone dies, is brought back to life, and Paul's like, well, this is a great opportunity for me to share some more because I'm leaving tomorrow. <laughs> he conversed until daybreak and so departed. Then they took the youth away alive, and I'm not a little comforted. <laughs> it's, like, it's such an understatement. <laughs> it's like, imagine leaving that meeting going, ah, I'm a little comforted. Like, it's not... They were not, they were not, a little, they were greatly comforted. <laughs> and so we see this meeting happening and it's, and Paul is there and he's present and he's breaking bread and he's teaching and he's, and they're learning and this meeting goes long and this young man dies and then they meet until the morning. And as I read this scripture, I've got to think that this is actually an embodiment of Acts 2.42. Because you see what's happening. Like, you read it, it read, listen to this. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. What happened in Acts 20? They were devoting themselves to Paul's teaching. They were breaking bread together in fellowship. And I'm sure there was lots of prayer when the man fell out the window. <laughs> and everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. There's Paul going, don't worry, he's alive. Now that would fill me with awe and wonder. Donay, would that fill you with awe and wonder? Totally. Excellent. <laughs> I know Donay's a good measure because she's very even killed. Like if something's awesome, it's, it's okay. And it's, uh, anyway, you're great, Donay. I love you. <laughs> and I love the story because this is all happening and you kind of got to think that maybe while Paul is... Like, your mind goes like, what is Paul teaching at that moment? Like, maybe when Eutychus is brought back to life, he's, he, they start talking about Lazarus. Or the, the, the miracle that Jesus performs with Lazarus. Or, you know, a general resurrection of the dead. Or the Last Supper as they break bread. I wonder if Paul starts talking about the Last Supper where Jesus was. As he's explaining what these, the sacraments are. Or even the disciples falling asleep in the garden. I wonder if Paul takes opportunities and says, don't be like Eutychus or like the disciples who fell asleep and Jesus had to warn them multiple times because the flesh is weak, but the spirit is willing. Spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, like Mike. <laughs> I know Mike is, Mike's always willing, but shame, his flesh is weak. And I'm just, I'm just thinking, I'm not, this is not what scripture says, I'm just thinking, you wonder what Paul is teaching on at this point. So we get this amazing glimpse into the early church, this, this meeting that happens, and you see what, what happens and what the church is comfortable with. So you kind of get the feeling that they're comfortable to devote themselves to the apostles' teaching for a whole night. There's a lot going on 
And by all accounts, I think all of us would leave here going, that was a pretty good meeting. I would hope so. <laughs> now, you're probably going, but this is not what every meeting looked like in the New Testament. And you would be right. I, I, think, I don't think that every meeting was like this. I think that in some sense, this is a, it's got a pretty informal feel to it, right? There's a lot happening. It's not like they've gone to a meeting and then this has happened and then they've left. It's kind of gone all night and it's a bit of an exception to the rule. Well, I would think so. And uh, so I looked up, obviously I googled what a formal meeting is and then I googled what an informal meeting is because that's why we have Google. And an, an informal meeting is kind of a loose plan, right? A, 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 something that is free to go off script. And the length of the meeting really depends on how things develop. That is, that is a business description of, <laughs> of an informal meeting, not a church description. That's just a general informal, that's what an informal meeting looks like. And so we get this thing of a formal meeting which is more shaped and an informal meeting which is a little bit less shaped or unshaped with a little bit more freedom. Now I'd like to think that this one in Acts 20 is a bit of an informal meeting. Can we all agree on that? And I think our meetings sometimes do look like this. I don't think we're completely close to this happening. I think we are open to the Spirit doing what He wants to do in a meeting. And there are times when our meetings are more formal and more structured, and there are times when they are less structured. I, I, I need to say this. I think that this meeting, scripturally or biblically, is probably a bit of an exception to the rule. Now, the question I need to ask the church or ask us is, Church, are we open to the exception? Now, before you say yes, bear in mind that this meeting went from the evening till 12 o'clock, someone died and it went till daybreak. Because maybe the exception to you means, well, Dylan will preach for 45 minutes instead of half an hour. Are we open to the exception? Yes, because <laughs> we do this, no place I'd rather be, no place I'd rather be, but home before six, home before six, start wrapping it up, it up was five. Come on, Dylan, I want to go home. <laughs> like it's five to five and Dylan's calling for ministry. He's like, no. <laughs> I don't want to minister to anyone, Jesus. They can minister to themselves. <laughs> I've got to go home at six o'clock. No, formal. Are we open to the exception? I think it's a, hard, it's a, it's a real question because who knows what the exception might look like? And if you're stuck here going, it's six o'clock, I need to go home, then you're not open to it. And that's not to say that every week I'm going to get up and go, okay, guys, it's a four-hour meeting, like we're just going to see where it goes, and it's not going anywhere, we're just going to keep going because this is who we are. So I'm not, please, I hope you know me well enough, not, then I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but are we open to the possibility? Seriously. If the Spirit just goes ballistic one night, and we are here, and it's normally four till six, and at six o'clock things are just getting started. I mean, didn't we sing about that tonight? We did, eh? 
I can't remember, I don't know that song. Cole, Cole taught us a new song tonight, it was cool. But let me tell you this, I, I'm a stickler for time. Like, I don't know if it's a Cape Townian thing, but if, if I've got a meeting at four, I'm there at 10 to four, and I'm waiting. Um, I, being late for me is terrible. Like, it drives me insane, like really. And I'm preaching tonight about meetings that don't necessarily stick to the formula or aren't formal, but are a little bit more free-flowing and, and informal. And the funny thing is, is that God in his sovereignty and sense of humor, I somehow misplaced my phone. Now, for me in worship, I'm like, okay, top is four. Announcements was finished now. Okay, Jules, let's just wrap it up, really. Okay. okay, it's five o'clock. Okay, half an hour. Okay, half an hour worship. Okay. You're going to start moving on now. Okay. But I didn't have my phone tonight. And so part of me is going, ah, I need to know what's going on. The other part's going like, don't you see? doesn't matter. doesn't matter if worship's not going the way you thought it would. Just enjoy it. And who cares if worship goes to half past five? It's so, you know, it's so freeing not to worry about time when you're in the presence of God. Seriously. So, are we open to the exception? You haven't really given me an answer yet. Maybe you need some, maybe you need some time to pray about it. <laughs> maybe we should ask in communities when we start again. Exactly. But are we open to whatever it is? You see, I think, I think it looks like this. I, I was trying to think of an illustration or an analogy. So, you, you go to a braai with family, an informal braai. Like your, and my father-in-law invites us to Bryce quite often. And I go there putting off the whole day because I know that he's going to make a fire for the starters. Then he's going to let the fire die. <laughs> it just makes no sense to my brain. Then he starts another fire while you're eating your starters. You're like, oh, Matt, this is going to be... This, I'm in for the long haul now. Like, I'm in for the long But actually, because it's informal, I'm not holding him to anything. I'm not saying to him, you invited me at two, I need to be gone by four. I'm like, bro, you've invited me to a bra. I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm just going to chill and relax and have a good time. And if you decide that you want to take half an hour to make the starters and then four hours to make the main, that's free food. I'm all good, bro. I'm going to hang out here as long as I can. See, we don't hold that standard to an informal meeting with family. Why would we hold that standard to a meeting with the church, which is our family? See, sometimes I think we come to church expecting it to be the same as the week before, and we come for a formal meeting when we should actually be coming for a family briar. I think we can put too many parameters around this thing. The church is this box. The problem with that kind of thinking is that when your expectations are unmet, it leads to frustration. So you come and go, it's normally four till six. Okay, it's going a bit long. The minute it gets to six o'clock, frustration sets in. Okay, the, my expectation is not being met, so now I'm frustrated. And have you ever seen that when you're frustrated, time drags? Like, <laughs> you might have just gone five minutes over time, but that five minutes feels like five hours. You're like, I don't want to sing another song. Girl. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Because your, your expectation has been unmet and so it's led to frustration. See, it's not the problem of what's happening in the church. It's actually your expectations are wrong. That yes, we come to church and generally it's formal, but sometimes it might not be. And that moment you make a decision, going, Jesus, you are doing something here. It's not about me anymore. It's not about getting home to watch the Grand Prix. I don't care who wins the Grand Prix. <laughs> yeah, Max Verstappen always wins anyway, so let's win. <laughs> <laughs> we, we went to Love and Grace this morning and it was awesome like I can't tell you how awesome it was like 20 people meeting in a hall in Mitchell's Plain and it's just they just love Jesus and normally what they do is they have a video and they watch worship and they sing along to worship and this morning Jason's going no I don't think that's working anymore we're just going to let people sing songs however it goes and then one person starts singing and then they finish that song, and the next person starts singing, like completely spontaneous. And then the next person, and I was like, who's leading worship here? Well, everyone's leading worship, because everyone's heart was to worship. It didn't matter. Like, the one guy started singing an Afrikaans song, I was like, I don't know what's going on here, but like, it's all good. I was just worshiping. It was awesome. And then, and then they all sit down, and then Miles gets up to preach. He's like, actually, it's good weather. I'm just, let's just take our chairs outside. At that point, you're going, I don't, this is so off script. I don't know where it's going. Like, this is so free form. I feel like anything could happen at this point. And then you're sitting outside, and it gets a bit hot, and the sun's baking, and Milas is walking around in the middle preaching. And then kind of out of nowhere, he gives a salvation call, and the guy stands up. I'm going like, what? What is going on? Like, this is not, this is not cookie cutter. This is not formal, but yet there's life. Because we always go, we've got to do the salvation call at the end, because that's what we do in a formal meeting. This, and he's just going, I feel like, and then God gets up, and he's like, hey, I've got a pretty good, uh, it's just like, that was awesome. And I didn't know what time it would end, and luckily I prepared this preach. Because in preparing this preach, I prepared my heart. I'm going, I don't care if I leave you at two o'clock. I don't care. I'm loving it. I literally, I was like, we're outside, we don't, we don't need to clean the hall, we could just sit here all day. And Milas was teaching from Galatians, and it was great. Like, he was dropping bombs. I was like, this is incredible. You see, but I had prepared my heart that if this thing goes, if this is the exception, if this meeting is the exception, if one, two, three, four, five meetings have all been quite similar and structured, but if this meeting is the exception, I'm not going to get frustrated. I'm going to give my heart to it. And go, Jesus, I don't care if we're here till 8 o'clock. It doesn't matter. Because if that person's getting ministered, and that person, and that person, and that person, then I want to get involved in what God is doing. I don't want to worry about, like, I've got to get home, or this, or that, or like, yeah, of course there's expectations. I mean, of course there's exceptions. If you need to get home, of course. I'm not going to, like, shut the doors and not let you go out. Like, <laughs> if you need to take kids, and I, to- I get it, man. I totally get it. But is your heart there for the exception? Because if we think of this thing of the bride and we, we come to a family bride, actually, I, I've been saying it on the group lately, this whole thing of come early, stay late. I feel like saying that to people at church. Like, you can't, because I know you need, to be, you need to be faithful. I know it. I'm not being unfaithful at time. Don't get me wrong. I'm not being like, hey, we're just going to do whatever. But there's a principle in that where it's like, come early because you want to hang out with God's people and leave whenever you want to. 
doesn't mean the meeting is going to go forever, but I'm just like, come with an expectation of like, I'm coming because I want to come and I don't know when I'm going to leave. And nine times out of ten, guys, we're going to leave a quarter to six, half past five. I promise you. And sometimes the meeting could be done early and on time, and other times it might go a bit longer. It all depends, and this is the Brian analogy, what the guy who's Brian decides. Let's say Jesus. He decides what he's cooking, and it's his afternoon, it's his day, and we're just guests, actually. See, on the first day of the week, when they gathered together to break bread, Paul talked with them, intending to depart the next day, on the next day, and he prolonged his speech until midnight. So he's intending to leave, he's got an intention, and he prolongs his speech, and he's, he's planning till midnight. I'm still going to get a bit of sleep. I'm on a missionary trip, I've got to get going like Mike. You know, I'm in Port Nolith. What if the meeting went till, till, till the next morning? Okay, I'm okay. And then this happens. He's like, okay, I, th- th- this is not where the meeting is. Okay, I'm, I'm going to pull the just. He's like, okay, cool. I'm just going to keep going. Because this is what God is doing. So he doesn't limit the spirit, but he allows the spirit of God to, to lead him and to lead what's happening. Now, I think we can apply this to church, but I also want to apply this to Com. And I know Com is in the middle of the week and it's, Seven o'clock till nine o'clock generally. Some guys finish a bit earlier, some guys a bit later. But are we going to the comp thinking that maybe tonight, if it does go long, I'm going to give my heart to this thing? Or are we going, the kids are going to be manifesting in the morning? <laughs> I've lived it, guys. I know. We used to go to comp with Rosie. Where's Rosie? Look at that, that angelic child. <laughs> we, used to, and we used to get this camp cot, and we'd go to Jules and Shantz's house in Seapoint, up the stairs with the camp cot. Set the camp cot up, right. Hey, everything's cool. Put Rosie in the camp cot, everything's not cool. Screaming for hours until it's like, okay, guys, it's been an hour of screaming. Um, hey, calm was cool. That was amazing. Thanks so much. We're going to go home now. But I, we would have been, we would have stayed. Because if the exception was happening, we would have stayed. But we did what we could. And I, I get that weeks are long. But what if the meeting does go a little bit late? My point was this. If, if, you're, if you leave at 8, your kid's probably going to manifest the next morning, even if you leave at 9. <laughs> That's why we call to lay down our lives. Or what if the meeting starts with a meal and ends in prayer and worship? Or what if you come leaders had planned the Bible study, but someone comes with something different, and you go, that's where we're going. And I, haven't, I don't know where it's going to go, because I haven't got a plan for that, but I think that's where God wants it to be. I, I can't tell you how free I feel since I've actually prepared this sermon, because I used to be a stickler for time. I was like, it's six o'clock, I want to go home, bro. Like, I'm done. And now I'm just like, ah, Jesus, you do what you want to do. We stop worrying about time and let God work. And then for our, our personal prayer lives, 
I think it's awesome, man. Imagine if we sat down in the morning to do our devotions. And nine times out of ten, your devotions are going to be, I'm reading some scripture, maybe you're reading through a book, or you're spending time with Jesus. And what if that tenth time, where normally you finish your devotions at half past six, and Jesus just comes, and he's ministering to you, and he's speaking to you, and suddenly the word comes alive to you in a way you've never seen it before. Who of you are going to stop and say, Jesus, it's half past six. <laughs> I'm sorry. Thank you that your spirit has given me such revelation till this point. But I really have to. No, no one's going to do that. No one's going to do that. Now, of course, you be faithful with your time and you go to work. Obviously, like, I'm, not, I'm not talking about getting lost in his presence all day and your boss is phoning you and you're like, okay, Dylan, um, but will you give him more time? Even 15 minutes more time. What if that means that you actually have to work late that evening at work? Because that 10th time is the exception. <clears throat> so, <laughs> are we open to the exception? Right, let's test that. So, um, <laughs> Cole, let's do worship all over again. <laughs> we are not going to a three-hour worship. <laughs> so, come early, stay late. It's not a parameter. It's not a mantra. It's not a catchphrase. It's not a time limit. It's a surrendering our time to God and allowing Him to do what He needs to do on a Sunday, which is called the Lord's Day. I preached on this before. The Lord's day is not your day. <laughs> it's not like every other day. It's His. And so even if we come at four and leave at ten, it's His day. And we give it to Him. We go like, Jesus, I had plans, but you're way more important than my plans. And I'm sure Max Verstappen will understand if he, doesn't, if he doesn't see him finishing the Grand Prix. Hey, Thorin? <laughs> come early stay late come early to hang out and have fellowship with people because it's the Lord's day and it's a, it's a day to be with his family I get you at three every Sunday not as a rule just because I enjoy spending time with people and when yeah but when people come through the door I'm like hey I'm here early I get to see everyone come in I get to gather with the saints and then after the meeting, people inevitably hang around and you get to hang with them again, which is awesome. There's no rushing off. 